was in my intro? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. What a responsibility. Where are we? <laughs> I'm uh, scared. <laughs> well, I think we're all in New Jersey, although we are recording from separate parts of Jersey because uh, welcome to COVID-19 2020. Apparently, we can't mention it. I mean, it's not like we're monetized anyway, but if oh, what? you do. What? Wait, is, yeah. co- is COVID-19 kind of like Voldemort? Like like he who <laughs> shall now be named? Yeah, Ooh, good pronunciation. Like curb owl. <laughs> I like that silent T. Very nice. <laughs> the um, Voldemort. <laughs> so COVID-19 <laughs> is trademarked by the big corporations. It's yeah, an Amazon so. trademark now. It's, it's the big game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, welcome to our Moose Boost segment. This is Nightcaps at the Theater, a podcast. Uh, well, you probably knew that because I assume you navigated to this page, or maybe somebody's forcing you to hear this. Maybe it's one of us. The last it's- thing you hear before you die. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Moose Boost, we just dish out the, the hot goss on pop culture. <laughs> we spill the tea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's let's start it off by banging the gavel. Wait, who TV are we? Co- I don't know who you are. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's not important. <laughs> All right, well, I I am Matt Pussy Killer Cabrera. Oh, oh where'd that come uh, from? <laughs> I'm confused. Uh, I am looking fat, Joker Jonathan Kwiatkowski. And uh, I'm P Bottle Nineteen Mark Zero Junior. Uh, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I was my my he's, mind he's, went to dark places. Uh, I was thinking of that as like a like a cam girl name or something. And uh, oh, oh boy! Oh, these are all references that we're making to ourselves before we actually record. So the the audience is in a mystery. <laughs> that's just how you uh, make comedy nowadays. <laughs> you leave the audience. That's true. <laughs> no, mine will make sense throughout the course of the show. Oh, yeah. Speaking speaking of the show, let's get started with uh, banging the gavel with TV Court. No, we've got to shut up, Weeb first. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I'll never shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to silence been... you. Matt, have you ever even been on the episode of Nightcap? Well, let well, me you... tell you about the manga I'm reading today. <laughs> you you know about my utter disdain for shut up, Weeb. <laughs> I mean, it's all not right. all anime. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's there's Bojack. Mostly voice. anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I got nothing for this segment. All right. So fight it out, weebs. Mark, you go first. Uh, I it just uh, Clone Wars. Uh, they wrapped up the first uh, Ahsoka arc, uh, and now they're going to go into the Mandalore arc with the, the last four episodes for the season. So, yeah, that's something to look forward to. You know, it's 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 cool. It's nice. Uh, some interesting characters they introduced here too, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of all I got for right now. Oh, well, I, nice. I barely have anything as well. Um, just for my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, we're currently watching Revolutionary Girl Utena, which, as you may or may not know, is one of my favorite series, and I love having a fresh eyes with my uh, fellow co-host, Dan Ryan. He's an Utena virgin, and it's uh, making the rewatch that much the better. Can you name that show three times in a row fast? Revolutionary Girl <laughs> Utena, Revolutionary Girl Utena, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that, was one, that was one take, too. There's you, no you editing get, here. You get one. Edit. What's that? <laughs> you get one uh, free month of Crunchyroll for free. I, don't that trend, so I only do physical media, overpriced anime media. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I've been reading the Beastar manga. I've gotten the first seven volumes. They, so... they hooked you. Yeah. <laughs> I, what can I say? I might or might not be a furry now. Oh, no. It's been changed. Yikes. And at the high, um, in my mind, persistence slash recommendation of Mark Zebro Jr., I've been playing through Persona 5 Royal, and uh, oh, it's so good. Yeah, but, <laughs> hey, these aren't shows. Yeah, well, it, you said it's not all anime. <laughs> well, I mean, anime in terms of, like, legit anime. Like, well, we, we put other, like, anime. I'm, I'm talking about, like, animation. Well, guess what they do with video games nowadays, Mark? <laughs> yeah, but well, you're playing it. You're not, wa- you're not watching it. You're playing it. Unless well, it's Death Stranding. What, what do you mean? Persona is half cutscenes, Mark. <laughs> well, no, not really. Yes, really. <laughs> There's like 30 minutes of cutscenes, and then it, the rest of it is dating sim. Slash yeah, which crawl. plays out like a cutscene where you listen to the characters talk for an hour. Yeah, but you're also pushing buttons. 
quick actions. <laughs> all right, quick time. Yeah, all right. Well, I guess Got I you. won't bring up video games ever again on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, unless we bring up another segment, which, like, like fuck me. We've already gone on long enough. <laughs> no more segments. <laughs> All right, no more segments. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us, guys. All right. Make well, sure to right. like, subscribe. That's all my shut up weeb, so I can finally shut up. Woohoo! <laughs> anyway... We uh we got TV court in session. Yeah. Uh, pay your fines at the front window. <laughs> your court fees. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll I kick can... it off. All right. Because I have very little. I just want to mention Better Call Saul. I'm not fully caught up yet on the fifth season. I think I'm like three or four episodes behind. But uh, it's it's solid. It improved from the first couple of episodes. It's just great storytelling. Um, I love when you see actions that these characters are doing. Like, like there's this one uh, segment where uh, our titular character, uh, Jimmy, <laughs> is uh, he's just in the kitchen talking to somebody in his house, and he's taking a hammer to a duffel bag, and he's just like, you know, hammering it, crunching it, and you don't know why or for, you just have no clue what's going on, but um. Uh, later on in the episode, maybe about 10 or 15 minutes later, it all starts to make sense. Uh, but they don't like make kind of coy references to it either. It's not like a show where it's like, oh, so that's why you were in the kitchen last night doing blah, blah, blah. No, they just they play it naturally. Um, they don't mention that this is like a plan that they have going on. They just show it instead of uh, showing and telling. And I don't know. I just I like that as as a style of uh, filmmaking or TV making, it's, it, it, I think it shows respect for the audience. It doesn't try to dumb it down. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but you know, aside from that, it's just great storytelling on all counts. Love this show. And uh, <laughs> let's see, we got Brooklyn nine, nine. I haven't seen this show in weeks actually, but I don't think I mentioned it here. There's this one episode where they, uh, they kind of have a running gag. Revolving around the movie Memento by Christopher Nolan, <laughs> and uh, kind of our main character, uh, Andy Samberg's Jake, he tries to explain like what condition uh, a guest character has, where he loses uh, memory like every few minutes. He he just doesn't have a short term memory, so Jake keeps on bringing up Memento, and nobody knows what he's talking about. And the characters, you know, he just tries to explain it over and over again. So many, he, he does it in like a paragraph. He's like, Memento, Christopher Nolan's first film, blah, 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 where this and this and this and this and this happens. And they're like, no, we've never heard of that. But you know what that does sound like? Finding Dory. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so just every, and every time, because it's part of the plot of the episode, the guest character keeps on losing their memory. So he keeps on having to explain to them and he never remembers what memento is. And he keeps on going like, Oh, so it's like finding Dory. And like every other character starts to understand what Jake is referring to by talking about memento at length. And it's just a great running gag. I got to shout it out. Um, and actually it's been making headlines recently because one of the uh, tattoos, cause he, he does tattoo himself. The person who, loses his memory one of the mm. tattoos he has on his shoulder is a big like huge font it says buy toilet paper and like five ex exclamation points <laughs> and uh jake says you know what catastrophic event would ha would have occurred to make you write that in such a large font and then fast forward one month later after the show's airing date and we are uh, in the thick of covid19 Oh, that joke is, must have landed really well. Yeah. yeah, just fantastic. It aged really, really well. And I just got to say, at the end of the episode, the character kind of regains his memory back. And the other the other guy is trying to explain Memento again. And he is just like staring blankly at him. And eventually it comes to him and he's like, he's like, yeah, we know what you're talking about, but or like, I know what you're talking about, but nobody else here does. So just talk about Finding Dory or just mention Finding Dory. And by the way, 
following is Christopher Nolan's first film, which is true <laughs> because when I, I, I don't know. I just love that little detail because when Jake had mentioned it towards the beginning of the episode, he's like, Memento, Christopher Nolan's first film. You know, as a film snob, I was like, well, that's not entirely true. Uh, <laughs> you know, technically he did have following, even though almost nobody saw that and I've still never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just love how there's like a very minor callback to that detail at the end of the episode. And it, it just comes in like such a place where you wouldn't expect it. And, uh, it it delivers. It delivers the laughs. Nice. Anyway, that's it for me. All right. Um, I'll go. Um, I'm going to start with Westworld Season 3. It's been on fire lately. It's so great. Um, it's killing the game. These last three episodes are amazing. And, you know, it's just gotten me back into Westworld again. I love it. Cool. Yeah, we've got a uh, we've got uh, Wood, we've got Paul, we've got Thompson. They're all killing it. Um, we got Wood. Yeah, we got I, Paul. We I, got Thompson. I woke up with some Wood. Uh, hey. Uh, <laughs> um, there are a definitely a lot of things going on with Dolores this season that um Dolores. Uh, <laughs> they have gone against the uh, Reddit theories purposely. Um, and they've okay. actually, yeah, it was actually shocking that it was like, oh, this isn't what everyone predicted, but it pays off in a, a great way. There's a, a lot of uh, Blade Runner references. There's Eyes Wide Shut references. Um, there's good twist and there is an excellent uh, series of uh, fights. Good choreo for the fights. Very enjoyable. Okay. Yeah. Right. This I mean, is definitely maybe. better than season two. <laughs> still, still a maybe for me. Oh, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, it's definitely better than season two, but... <laughs> Just so you know. Low bar to clear. Um, yeah. <laughs> Next is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, of course. We've missed two episodes. Um, we're at the top nine right now. And this top nine is very solid. The most solid top nine that we've had in years. Uh, we had the classic Snatch game where you play celebrity characters. And the winner was someone who played... I don't know if you guys know, but there's like this robot that goes around that's like on talk shows and magazine covers. What? I forget her name. It's like, it's like a robot. Like, have you seen... It's like that you talk to and she shows like facial reactions and stuff. Like like Sway? No, not Sway. It's like <laughs> it's like this woman robot that like no, I don't think uh, I've seen that. Is it's it the quick, Vodka robot? No, it, her name's like I don't know if her name's Gigi. I know Gigi Good played her on the show and it was just really good because it was unexpected. And if you got the reference, it was just someone playing a robot very effectively next to all these celebrities. And it, it was just funny. I, mm-hmm. I, I I thought it was a well-deserved win. And then um, last episode last night was uh, the Madonna tribute episode. So we had a Madonna-style musical. That was a lot of fun. It, it's been fun. These challenges have been good. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's another solid season of Drag Race. And I heard they have a new spinoff coming, like a celebrity have... <laughs> Yeah. In the next two weeks, we will have celebrity uh, drag race, c- celebrity secret surprise drag race or whatever, where uh, <laughs> the queens do up one major celebrity. And I'm telling you, they get a lot of a lot of talents on this show to guest judge. So it could be anyone. It'll be the the masked drag singer. <laughs> yeah, except a good show. And um, and then after that, we have All-Stars Season 5 coming to Showtime. RuPaul is just raking in that money, man. Yeah, for real. He has an he empire is. now. And he's fracking, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's fracking? Yeah, he got in trouble lately in the news that he, uh, he's he been fracking. <laughs> I didn't know a single man could frack. Yeah. <laughs> RuPaul can. He is no man. <laughs> he set up those pipelines himself. Yeah. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is Tiger King. I'm almost done with the, um, the initial set of episodes. I know new ones come out tomorrow. Oh, this I week. thought you had finished it already. No, I, I'm I'm two episodes still finishing, and um, you know I can get into it. I I love that it's a character study. Um, we've got these quirky sets of characters that I could see a mockumentary being filmed in this style with the <laughs> same characters um, in a uh, documentary now kind of situation. Yeah, or Christopher Guest. Yeah, but yeah. I I can't really get invested into it because it seems more like stupid. Uh, and not to offend anyone of this ethnicity or from stupid Floridians <laughs> just <laughs> gathered around together with their baggy skin and their, their sun-bleached tans. Well, we're, na- we're not saying our audience is a stereotypical Floridian. They are they are high class by choosing yeah, I, us. 
I just, I mean, I'm from New Jersey, and when it, I come from a state that's probably just as hated as Florida, and I hate Florida <laughs> with a passion. It's saying something. I, I, you know, it's just something that I can't really get into. I'll probably finish it, but because <laughs> there's so much hype going around lately because of it, it's yeah, it's crazy. crazy. It's already too mainstream for you. Yeah, I, yep. I can understand that. Yeah, I think so, <laughs> but I will finish it um also my final tv speaking of a good show coming back for season three tomorrow killing eve baby oh yeah i'm excited for that oh this shit was good i ate up season two like it was a <laughs> a, a fine bowl of uh i don't know something to eat what oh yeah what do people eat nowadays uh, ice cream <laughs> peanut butter and jelly yeah whatever um, you can find <laughs> yeah, what aren't we eating nowadays? Yeah, um, I enjoyed how uh, I think I don't know her last name. It's Jody Comer. Jody yeah. Comer. Um, she is really taking me for a ride this season. Her acting is incredible. All the different accents she does, her fashion choices. Yeah, it's really insane, and she knows so many languages. Yeah, and um. I want your recipe for shepherd's pie at knife point. I have written down. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next thing I have written down is the shoulder, the shoulder. (laughs) Um, And there is a nail biting conclusion, which I was like, Oh my goodness. Are these major characters going to die? And I was like, JK season three is tomorrow. They're both fine. (laughs) (laughs) So I I did finish at a good time. I think. Yeah. We'll see. It's going to have a new uh, showrunner. That's one weird thing about the show. Every, every season has had a different showrunner. Yeah. Which is usually not a good indication, but uh, we'll see if the quality persists. Yeah. And one of the complaints, I, it's not really a complaint, it's like a minor gripe. It's like, where is this heading? <laughs> yeah, that is really tough to figure out. It never really goes anywhere. It just, I don't know. Because they do set up uh, kind of like a major overarching thing in the first season, but they yeah. drop it for most of the second season. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I'm talking about the 12. I guess that's yes. not a secret. <laughs> Oh, but uh, this season was good. I look forward to the next. And that is my uh, my uh, rule in TV court put to an end. All right. Bang, bang. Uh, wait, wait, I, wait, wait. I still got to go. Your honor, what? we've got another did you, client. Did you, did you, oh, I forgot to raise my hand. Uh, there we go. That's oh, oh, I see. There you are. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I think I just watched a couple of shows or at least finished them. Uh, part one of Terrence House uh, I, I got through this week. I saw um, yeah, they were they were mocking that virgin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's uh, Yamachan. Uh, so yeah, he's one of the commenters that like kind of uh, when they observe the actual tenants of the house of Terrence House. Uh, I, yeah, so I finished part one. Uh, part three actually just went up this week, and I don't know. I don't think I want to continue it. Um, it it's just become a slog, really. Like the tension doesn't really build up until maybe like, the last couple episodes of part one when it becomes more like relationship drama centric but it doesn't even it's not like jersey shore level of like insanity where people are like flipping beds and like like having fist fights in the house ronnie stop yeah i mean that that, that's why i watch those shows for just the blatant stupidity and stuff like that and jersey shore is like a special breed oh yeah they're not talking about banging grenades in the situation room no no grenade (laughs) whistles none of that it's it a lot of it's very wholesome respectful people that are actually living in this house and they're 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 all they're they're all like actually relatively skilled uh, in a lot of areas one who's like a working actor who also works uh construction who's also a a writer on a bunch of different projects Hmm. uh where another one's like a, a fitness uh uh trainer and a parkourist Wow. Uh, and yeah, but like really the drama just centers around this one dude who's a musician named uh, Kenji and who just kind of draws the attention of uh, the three other girls in the house. And then two of them start like kind of bickering with one another. One of them actually calls the, the other one out and like saying like, oh, like, you know that she uh, she's into you, right? It's like, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> like I, I wanted to like kind of say this to him on his on his own. It's like, well, whatever. And it's like, oh, I, it's like I, I just didn't think of that. Sorry, and that's, and then like the drama kind of subsides for the rest of that episode, and I know they kind of continue on with the same cast into uh, part two, but then they kind of bring in some new members because they kind, they kind of like swap them out. But um, <laughs> well, they just kind of announce like, oh, I'm leaving, and it's like, oh, I'm leaving with you. So I, I don't know. It's 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 just a bit boring. I mean, for forty for forty five ish minutes. 
it's not all that entertaining. I think that's why they bring in the commenters too, to kind of like observe and like kind of like say like what they think everyone else is, is going through on this show that make it a little bit more lively because they actually have like a, a crowd who's like observing the people who they're talking about the people that you're watching on the show. It's, it's, it's very meta in a, in a way. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, that, some coronavirus to spice things up. <laughs> like yeah. they did on big brother. Yeah, oh they, my gosh. We have, we have to increase the bird flu. <laughs> oh my gosh. Those big brother contestants didn't know what hit them. <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely doesn't have that, that kind of, that kind of spice of like, maybe say like English or American television. That it's, 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 it's very wholesome. And you're just kind of seeing like the lives play out. And I think that's why they put more emphasis on saying that there's no script because everything's just seems very average. You know, that's, that's, that's really what it is. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see myself kind of like continue watching it, but uh, you know, for anyone else that wants to like, you know, partake in it, like go right ahead. You know, I can allowed us, we can do it. Oh yeah. 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 I, I've, I've now given you access to Terrence house. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, before uh, I got cut off there by my own uh, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever in this house, connection <laughs> issues. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I've uh, finished Man in the High Castle and uh, I was disappointed. Oh. I didn't, I didn't, I uh, did not like it. It was, uh, it was, it felt like a shallow ending to, uh, to a series that could have like maybe had some growth to it. Mm. Uh, characters uh, that were, that were, uh, have been there since like episode one have now just vanished uh like for mysterious reasons like they're just not there anymore um uh, yeah it just it it was just not satisfying at all from from just from the get-go um Mm. it it kind of seemed like it was picking up in some places but uh i don't know it it, by the end of it i would i just didn't care like literally uh, um the main antagonist of the show kind of has an unsatisfying death that just feels wasteful. I don't know. And especially since he was one of the most like in- interesting characters of the show, like the, the villains, the Nazis and the Japanese were the most interesting people and the way they're kind of handled, uh, at least maybe a few of them are just kind of whatever, you know, literally that like by the end of it, like someone finds himself in a position where by, whatever reason by by off-screen dialogue that we have no idea why they decided to, to team up with this person <laughs> and it's and, and i don't know and, and, and the, i explained the premise to you right where like ba- basically like you know like in, in this reality the, the nazis won but it seems like these film reels that are coming from like say our own reality where we won the war uh, are are like giving in- people inspiration to like kind of like rise up and like uh, you know take back America basically, but like that's what? Even, yeah, and like that like that that's not even like handled properly because people <laughs> somehow have the ability to like like go from one universe to the next by having like seizures, the and but like not even that's properly explained, and like how like some people are able to do that. But then the Nazis are somehow able to like figure that out by by whatever reason and say, oh, the multiverse exists. So now we're going to like somehow uh, we have the technology to to make our own portal and go to other universes. And then and then the Nazi uh, regime will rise up from that way. Hmm. And uh, oh, well, it, it, it's super dumb. And, and, <laughs> it's super dumb. And, and you know, it, it could be like, I mean, you know, there's, there's wacky things that they do that stuff like that in other media, like Wolfenstein and stuff. But um, it, it's, it's just wasteful, wasteful material. And, and, uh, and then, like even interesting storyline as well. You know, I, I, I'm just I'm just happy I don't have to watch any more of it because I mean it even ends on a way where it's like it could continue but like even it like it doesn't because it seems like the Nazis just kind of like give up because one person dies I'm like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> and and, and just the slew of new characters that came in, in in this last season it's like you should set these people up from the get go because it's like where did these people come from this is this whole new regiment of rebels that just that that have just been idly sitting by and have mm-hmm. done nothing hmm. or like we haven't seen them do anything and just it made it right. seem like so like like the potential there just 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 kind of like seeped 
it's like it felt like uh, when each season went by, it's like, well, we have to like have a new theme here. Oh, it's the gay theme. Oh, it's it's the black theme, and and and, and it's like all those have to be like interwoven with each other. Like you can't just like have them have these people just introduced and then just like uh, this do go do away with them. It just mm-hmm. didn't make any sense. Um, yeah, it it was bad. I I, I didn't like it. Um, hmm. it's it's very disappointing uh it makes me wonder like what the actual original material was from the uh philip k dick book and i or even like how like maybe like thick it was in terms of like material and like like what the the actual world is and even if it does borrow from this concept where it's like oh the alternate reality angle so i don't know um very sad that's that's really much what i have to say there yeah Hmm. Can't re- I can't. I really can't recommend it. It's it's that bad. I think it's one of the worst shows that's re- that's kind of rated or reviewed on Amazon actually right now. Wow. Uh, it's it's at a, it's at a three out of five star rating. I I would say it would have to go lower than that. It's just very very um not well handled. So not a very high castle at all. Mm, no. <laughs> so, Damn. Yep. Th- that's that's all I got. All right. All right, uh, bang, bang, ring, ring time. It's uh, time to pick up the movie phone. Who's going to answer? Phone. The movie phone? I'll go. Let me go. All right. All right. You'll, so you'll go. I'm going to, uh, during this movie phone segment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some gasps. I'm going to give oh. you some, some laughs. I'm going to give you some tears of joy. <laughs> but um, I will not leave this movie phone segment, I hope, on your end, the same person that you once oh thought my. I was. Yeah. I don't know what that means at all. Oh, I, yeah, it's very <laughs> foreboding. But I'm going to save that for last. So it's going to be a, a normal movie phone until we get to the very end. And then you guys will Bergman. probably murder me. Yeah. I'm going to blame Bergman. It's not. It has nothing to do with Bergman. You leave that saint. <laughs> Interesting. All right, so the first one, uh, continuing the Criterion train, I watched uh, a little Jacques Demy joint by the names of the Umbrellas of Schoenbog. Hmm. And it was uh, really okay. good. It's a French romance musical. It's from 1964. And it's the middle of uh, Demi's uh, musical trilogy. Um, and it was just very sweet. And it's entirely sung through all in French. And it's just this basic love story, guy likes girl, Guy goes to war, war. girl gets, uh, uh, falls in love with someone else, their lives split off. It's very La La Land-esque, Ooh. but like mm. without so long Boulder City. <laughs> <laughs> and you actually like these characters and no one calls each other a baby. <laughs> yeah. And it's cute. Um, uh, I did like how it was sung through. It, it's not like the typical musical fair. It's more operatic in that style where they're like uh. speaking in recitative instead. Okay. Um, so it's interesting, um, and something similar, or something that um, something that jumped out to me is that uh, Demi himself was quoted saying it's similar to Marcel Pagnol. And if you do listen to me on Movie Phone, I just watched The Baker's Wife, which was by him. So without uh, knowing, it was like a back-to-back yeah. kind of wow, you know, well done that, that realm. Nice. Yeah. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is there is a current drag documentary on Netflix. Uh, Trixie Mattel's, I think it's Moving Parts. Um, Trixie Mattel is a big RuPaul's Drag Race contestant. She was in season seven. She won All Stars three. Um, and during this time, she's actually been a really prominent folk singer uh, during this, like topping the iTunes charts and everything. And it's just her life in drag versus filming all these things while being a folk singer at the same time. Um, I thought it was a very real documentary. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just a good watch. I, I highly recommend it. Okay. It blends comedy. It, it shows you that um, the the face behind the drag queen, the mm. artist behind the drag queen. Um, all right. Uh, according to well, with my teachers, we've been having like a, a Netflix party kind of segment every Thursday for the past weeks. Um, I haven't been picking nice. the movies; it's been them. So um, you know my anxiety when I have to get people to pick movies that I will probably not enjoy, and then I have to watch them as if I enjoy them. They're like, yeah, um, maybe next time, John. <laughs> I just wanted to watch the, <laughs> the some actual cinema. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to watch Chasing Amy. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Or Junebug. Oh, Junebug's real good. What's Junebug? <laughs> Junebug is uh, Nicest Lady in Hollywood. A, what's her name? Amy Adams. Yeah. Uh, oh. First movie. 
first major movie. Ah. Yeah, it's really good. It sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah I've never seen that. Um, so I watched The Week Of, which is a new Netflix original uh, with Adam Sandler and Chris Rock. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah, and it, it's basically Adam Sandler and Chris Rock. They're both older and their son and daughter are getting married. So uh, Chris Rock's family has to put up with like Adam Sandler's overtly Jewish family. Okay. And I didn't think I would go into this liking it. And like, it might have been the alcohol that I was drinking copious <laughs> amounts of while yeah. watching it. But by the end, I actually kind of... <laughs> Doug, this movie—you <laughs> loved it. I didn't love it. I, I, I far from love. I enjoyed it. I tolerated it. It, it wasn't funny. <laughs> Is it better than Sandy Wexler? Uh, who? What? <laughs> Is it better than the Do Over? Oh, I've, I haven't seen. Is those. it better than Murder Party or Murder I, Mystery? I haven't seen that either. No. Is it better than uh, Hotel Transylvania Three? I. Um... <laughs> the Ridiculous Six. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna name off all his Netflix movies. Yeah, I, I think it was more <laughs> tolerable than that. Um, there were it was cringy. Um, it did have Rachel Drack. It had uh, Steve Buscemi in it. Just a lot of people. Okay. It was it, it was interesting, and I, I thought it was more genuine. It was giving me kind of click vibes, which before Uncut Gems, I was like, well, at least Adam Sandler kind of tried and click, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. But that's all. Um, yeah, I do like Punch Drunk Love <laughs> and Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. There is an Adam Sandler movie on here uh, with him, Ben Stiller, and Dustin Hoffman. I've been looking at the check oh, out. Oh yeah, the Mayerowitz story. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm actually, okay. actually I'm fascinated by that. It's yeah. a little, it's a little cutesy. Uh, yeah, that one is uh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Noah Baumbach, Marriage Story guy. Ah, but it's worse than Marriage Story. Oh, and I say that not having seen Marriage Story. <laughs> mm. But like, it's next, fine. Oh, oh, yeah. And the next thing I watched was um, the classic Step Brothers. Uh, John C. Riley, the Step Brothers. Okay, here's where we get to that point where I, <laughs> where I told you you wouldn't look at me the same way again. Interesting. I had never seen this movie before. Okay. <laughs> Even though everyone around me has quoted it religiously my entire life, uh-huh. I have been very strongly against Step Brothers. And you know what? After watching it, I gotta say, meh. Okay. <laughs> all right. I didn't like it. I didn't <laughs> that, like it. That, all right. I get That's it. Fair. But everyone in the chat was loving it. They were, oh, oh, oh. Like, they had never seen such a, a comedic masterpiece <laughs> of cinema before. And here I am going, this isn't even that funny. <laughs> yeah. This isn't I, even that good. I think a lot of like mid 2000s comedies are more quotable than they are funny. If that makes I, sense. I mm, I don't know. I I that that can go back and forth. I quote the movie quite a bit. Me and my Stay family Golden Pony Boy. <laughs> yeah. Me and my family love that. Uh that that film like it, literally oh. it's 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 just one of those films that like I I've I always like bust a gut over. I don't know. It's it, a lot of it just comes from like the stupid performances that both uh, Will Ferrell and uh, uh, John C. Riley John C. Riley are giving, but also uh, from the uh, father. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh uh, yeah, that guy. Uh, something Jenkins. Um, not Barry Jenkins, and not not <laughs> not a uh, Leroy Jenkins. Uh, Leroy. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I I've always found that film funny i like a lot of people don't find will ferrell funny and i can understand that yeah um uh but like he's always that like, he's always been a driving force and when it comes to like comedy but uh, more, more or less uh maybe stepbrothers like and anything prior to that i've always loved this style of comedy will ferrell's kind of had a tipping point uh in, in the last like decade or so i would believe and uh but yeah i, I i've always loved that film yeah, well, I was just sitting there, stone faced, gin in hand, <laughs> like scowl, oh, <laughs> just man. grimacing. Wow, the the wet yeah. like the the Catalina wine mixer that might be one of the best things ever. I've watched. the fucking Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> I've traveled five thousand miles for me to plant my seed. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I yeah, love I mean, that movie. I'll give it a meh. It's and, just I just I love absurdity when it comes to like humor like that. 
Yeah, they're not laugh out loud to me, but I'll, I'll chuckle. Yeah, Richard Jenkins. That's his name. Sorry. <laughs> well, just, it, it just came. It. it just came to me. <laughs> well, um, now that you can judge me in stony silence, that's all the t- uh, movies that I saw. So I'm gonna hang up the phone. Mm. All right. Well, I really don't have much under my belt for this past week or two. So, like been... twelve movies, then? No, no. Actually, only <laughs> I, I think it's only two. What? I really don't think I've seen more than two. My heart, <laughs> my heart. And uh, not most. I've been watching game shows these past two weeks. So game show the movie. <laughs> oh, there there actually is like a, a mini series coming out that I'm really interested in about uh the who wants to be a millionaire scam. Ooh, mm. I'm I'm loving all these scams that are coming out. Make millions. We'll have tigers. <laughs> we'll have a slum dog. <laughs> it might not have a tiger. Might have a slump dog. Hey. No, no, no. You mean Jai Ho? Jai-ho. How could you forget Jai Ho? <laughs> What'd you call me? Oh. Uh, anyway, two movies I'm going to start, and they they both belong to the same series. I've been getting through the Bond uh, collection. Bond Watch. Oh, now, Bond now, I, now I get the pussy joke. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, so uh, last, what was it, Sunday, I guess, we finished from Rush, no, not from Rush, from uh, Goldfinger, the third, oh, yeah, by the way, I have to start off this segment with an apology. I uh, accidentally called Thunderball, the third James Bond movie last time. I ended up watching these out of order because I'm an idiot, and oh. so Thunderball is the fourth James Bond film. Oh, there's uh, egg Gold on your Finger. face. Yeah, I know, Goldfinger is the third, I I. We got a lot of hate mail over the past two weeks. So I want to set the record straight. Yeah, in addition to the hate mail we normally get, we got so much more. All, all that mail. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I had said that Thunderball kind of set the template for future James Bond films by having like the first theme song by Tom Jones and having a, like a, an artsy intro, basically scratch all my comments from last year. I mean, last week, uh, apply them this time to Goldfinger. Goldfinger had the first Bond theme with, with uh, the titular song by Goldfinger Dame Shirley Bassey. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it's some good shit. And uh, hey, this, was a, this was a great film. This was, I think, the first great Bond film for me. It is by far the best of the five I've seen so far. It's just got a really solid villain in Goldfinger um, who's really interesting just in terms of they kind of make him seem pretty human he's not like a super villain or anything he's just a guy who wants a lot more money and is pretty smart and decent at outsmarting people and he hates losing and i just love the portrayal of him he's almost a bratty in a sense you kind of get that from like quietly bratty um whenever he like gets found out but a lot of this movie involves james bond uh losing it's a little like empire strikes back ish it's hmm. just him, you know, trying uh, fairly hard. You know, he's he's making intelligent moves, but they just kind of uh, blow up in his face, and he just fails throughout a lot of the movie. And it's just, it's really solid. I, I liked it quite a lot. Um, although, <laughs> yeah, okay, well, there is a film in which our hero, uh, Mr. Bond, rapes uh, the Bond girl, the... Uh, I guess most apparent Bond girl in this movie, uh, Pussy Galore, yes, who, I is, love her uh, vagina. <laughs> who is, uh, by most accounts, by by all accounts, implicitly implied in the movie to be a lesbian, and James Bond rapes her straight, and um, you know that's problematic. Yeah, that sounds but, very problematic. Was it tasteful? <laughs> it was yeah. not. <laughs> not, not not much about these Bond films are tasteful so you just have to leave that at the door mm. but um, you know apart from that it's actually quite good <laughs> just, just skip that scene yeah uh, the rest of the movie won't really make sense afterwards but yeah yeah, yeah it's good um, and then we found out you know like 12 hours later right after we watched it that Pussy Galore the actress who played her Honor Blackman that's her name uh, had passed away Oh. Not due, not due to coronavirus. I'm pretty sure, but uh, yeah. So I, I came to the conclusion that we we must have killed her. Uh, I'm sorry, world. 
Or was it but, James uh, Bond? He might have. He had to <laughs> have a cover-up. A kiss of death. Mm. But uh, no, very solid movie. I'm glad that, you know, out of all the Bond girls that we've seen so far, she, I mean, they're all kind of thrown away by Bond and like discarded and just treated terribly, including her. But she has has like a pretty good role in the movie. So I'll give her that. She She's a solid, memorable character, and I'm glad she got to be in a great James Bond movie because a lot of these early ones have not been great so far. And uh, with that, I'll lead into the fifth James Bond film. And uh, by far the... Okay, I'll say by far the worst one I've seen. And it is... uh, What the hell is the fifth one? You Only Live Twice. Now, this movie was pretty boring for a lot of it. Quite a few James Bond films so far have had boring stretches. Uh, this one just elongates that stretch, and it really doesn't have like a memorable villain, or you don't even really see like the face of the villain for a long time. You don't really get into their psyche or anything, and it's just kind of it's it's boring. There's some good choreography when it comes to the fights, but a lot of it just doesn't really seem to be in service of anything. Um, it's just kind of random fight sequences that don't really make you care or fear for characters, and they just. They just pass by, and it is definitely the campiest Bond yet. There are so many just campy moments in an already like camp-filled franchise, where like if a uh, if an airplane makes contact with water, like if it's coming down and makes contact with an ocean or something, just as soon as the tip of the plane touches, it explodes in like a huge fireball. And mm-hmm. this this movie, it's just so silly. I think the most memorable part is like he has a personal helicopter like that he unfolds basically he <laughs> unfolds a personal helicopter that has like a bunch of uh uh armed equipment armory m- machinery ammunition and things like that and it just looks like you know i think it's uh in the jetsons like the little i think it's leroy jetson who has like that little cap like that yep. rainbow cap with the with the little spinny thing on top. The propeller beanie? Come on. <laughs> the yeah. propeller beanie. And that really is what it feels like I'm watching when I see James Bond in this tiny helicopter. And he's being like... And it's not haunted. Leroy, it's Elroy. We've been through this a thousand <laughs> times. Even on this podcast. Have we? Leroy. Yes! <laughs> Do yeah. you guys even listen? <laughs> I, I messed it up at Trivia one time. It's still in haunted. previous episodes, not in this episode. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Uh, Leroy, boy, Leroy. Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> it just flows, man. It's Elroy. <laughs> and so... It's just so goofy watching like a grown ass man in this tiny helicopter that's like painted yellow and he's being hunted down by like black choppers and he's getting the better of them. It's just and that's not even like the create the silliest moment. It's it's just the one that sticks out to me. But finally, I was going to say it's not a good movie, but then you get to the climax and you're like, I'm sad that it had a good climax. It has like pretty good production value towards the end in terms of the the villain's lair and the main villain at the head of this movie the events of the movie turns out to be uh the leader of specter and for the first time ever you see his face he had been teased in the four movies leading up to this but finally he reveals himself and he's i mean it's kind of anticlimactic I really did get Dr. Evil vibes. I definitely get that <laughs> reference now. Um, but it is, uh, it, it, it's still memorable. He has uh, some decent lines, including the you only live twice line. And it, it, it's an exciting moment. The climax of this film, it lasts a long time. It's really solid. It's just a shame that it had to come at the end of kind of a crappy movie, like a pretty a fairly crappy movie. Damn. Um, and uh, like every other James Bond movie so far, the final snapshot of the film, the final frames are James Bond and his girl making love in a boat. <laughs> That's literally how every Bond film ends so far. No exaggeration. Yep. 
and that's it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watched a few, uh, uh, few classics. I would say uh, only one new one that came out maybe last week. Um, How is you, that a classic then? If it just came out, last no, week? I, 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 I'm saying just like aside from the ones I watched, I watched also a new one. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, if I worded that uh, weirdly. Uh, no, I I rewatched uh, the the Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Ugh. Uh, I, I I like that movie. Uh, I think it still holds up. I, I think it's pretty good. I mean, it's just Dances with Wolves in Japan, aside from any other kind of like movie like that where the white man is is revered uh, along with the other um, uh, inhabitants. But uh, I like it. I, I it, uh, it's a bit long, uh, but uh, I, it also doesn't feel that long at times, which you know I'm okay with. But uh, yeah, I I like it. Um, what else? Uh, uh, Next to uh, our, our our samurai is our Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah, okay. Nineteen nineties uh, t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, so not the Michael Bay one. No, no. well, no. <laughs> um, to to be fair, Michael Bay produced it. He didn't he didn't direct it. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He just had some money behind it. Uh, yeah, but the the film's a classic. What can I say? I've always loved that movie, even the sequel. Uh, the third one, not so much. When they uh, are teleported to feudal Japan, Turtles in Time. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, Great game, though. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the only the only sequel they bring back Casey Jones. Uh, but uh, no, the the first one still stands the test of time. It definitely shows its age, and just like many like like 1990 movies, it still feels like it's in the in the 80s. Which <laughs> I'm okay with, and uh, also a very, very early role for Sam Rockwell as well. Really, <laughs> he just Who does pops he play? up in everything, doesn't he? He, he does. I, I think this is before he was anyone too, so he was like maybe like 20 years old here. Does he but, play uh, a turtle? No, he plays one of the Foot Clan members. Ooh. Yeah, okay. but uh, but he, he's he's swayed by by the turtles though, <laughs> to, to, to for the path of the righteous. Um. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and uh, oh, uh, another one I I just watched um, uh, recently too is a uh, Police Academy. Uh. Yeah, um, I remember watching this movie years ago, but uh, it never really stuck with me. I know I watched a little bit of like some of the sequels too, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is a funny uh, funny movie with um, um, Steve Gutenberg as as the lead, and uh, I think. Michael Winslow, who's like known as like the like the sound effects guy, who just yeah. Like, I heard I heard a, a, a well. I'll let you speak first, but I heard a, a rumor about him this week. Oh, I, I, that's news to me. Yeah. Hmm. Um. What's the rumor? So it's topical. I forget which podcast I was listening to. It might have been uh, Julie Klausner. It might have been something else. They did bring up that they were working with him once. Mm. And uh, he's a great guy, nice guy, but apparently he had the worst smelling breath they had ever smelled in their life. Oh, no. Like, 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 so bad, like, it was, like, it had to be mentioned, they said. Like, he was totally sweet, <laughs> totally, like, great guy, wonderful, but that breath was horrible. And and it <laughs> leads me to believe, it, it, it leads me to believe, is that why he can pr- make all those sound effects? Because he's not brushing his teeth? <laughs> Oh God! Who knows? Maybe that's yeah. a secret. Yeah, a secret sauce. <laughs> yeah, so a little, had a some little... secret sauce stuck in there for years. Yeah. <laughs> a little page eight section for you yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, aside from that, uh, <laughs> the the movie as a whole, I, I I'm I'm a big fan of. I guess uh, uh, from uh, rewatching it, um, some jokes don't land now. I would say in the in the 2020 era and in terms of like how they're used uh we have we have the the other f word thrown around a couple of times here but uh as fudge a, oh yeah neighbor <laughs> um uh yeah that, that, i think the n words brought up a couple of times too oh, but no I, oh, Lord. I, 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 yeah i i don't know I, but i think it's like in terms of like no like because there's a character named height high tower in here and then like there there is a racist moment I think I'm pretty sure the word jigaboo is uh, thrown around oh, once. Oh no! Uh, yeah, but uh, but it, it uh, someone gets their comeuppance from it too, so uh, it's used to that effect. Um, but yeah, um, I think the other the other uh, sequels are on a uh, on Netflix, so I'll, I'll probably check the rest of them out too. I know uh, Bobcat Goldthwait uh, pops up. Uh, that's <laughs> a 
Goldthwaite. Yeah, that's a name that no one's really heard in uh, quite a while. He was also on one of my podcasts recently. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we got the whole police academy reunion. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a uh, not 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 too bad. I like it. it. It's definitely a movie for the time, but uh, I, I I would still go back and rewatch it if I, if, uh, if given the opportunity. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, the last one uh, that that just uh, came out last week on Netflix, uh, the platform. Oh, when you see this, uh, still, yes. I yeah, I, 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 I liked it. Um, there, there are things I didn't like about it in terms of like the world structure, but uh, I think if they kind of built on that a little bit more in terms of believability, I would have liked it uh, a lot more. But uh, mm. I do like the the central character and the even the people that uh, he interacts with uh, throughout the course of the movie. It's pretty short; it's about maybe an, uh, an hour and a half long. Uh, it's it definitely gets a little uh, like uh, philosophical at times. Um, uh, towards the end of the movie, they're, they're, they they try to like do something that's meant to have some kind of in, impact, maybe on the structure of like like where they're residing. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I, you know, it's it it's got some solid performances. Uh, I don't I think it's a half finished idea in terms of like what they were looking to accomplish. With the okay. with the whole with the whole film as a whole, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's very ambitious. I I will say that. So I I I I like uh, yeah. I I don't know. I I like I like the setting. I like I like where they were going with it. Maybe if uh, they might have like went a little bit longer. I uh, in terms of like maybe like I don't know developing uh, of like why this thing this place exists. And uh, I, I would, I would uh, like it a little bit more, but uh, maybe I, you know, in a sequel. I, uh, who knows? I don't think there will be a sequel to this. Uh, um, it's been doing well. I think it's at least I've been hearing about it quite a bit. Uh, I was looking to look up the uh, the actual like director of it, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's one of his first go arounds. I think in terms of uh, directing, <laughs> it's a good film. Uh, like uh, I, I, I would recommend it. It's a, it's a, it's a good enough watch it gets it gets very tense at times too which i do like you know and right. uh yeah it's 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 got a solid cast and mm. yeah i uh, i'd recommend it check it out mm. yeah so yeah cool mm-hmm. that's it that's all i got mm. oh that uh brings us to our next segment then doesn't it is that mm-hmm. Is that trodden the boards? Yes, and I do have actual news for it. <laughs> Good so, news, everyone. Well, no, we're we're gonna open with bad news. Broadway's okay. now closed till June. <laughs> bad news, yep. everyone. Yeah, um, I think June is optimistic. I yeah, it's gonna I, be longer. I think mm. it's gonna be longer than that, especially since Matt just revealed to me today that New York City public schools are closed till September. So mm-hmm. Well apparently Cuomo's trying to walk that back. He said uh de Blasio said that prematurely, but you know, know Cuomo we'll Cuomo needs to get uh, he can't decide fucking anything. That's true. My goodness. Well, he can Both decide too. He, he can decide that liquor stores are essential. <laughs> they well <laughs> yeah. No comment. <laughs> it's okay. got me. It's got me working still. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know the reasoning for that, right? Supposedly. No. Because uh, any alcoholic suffering withdrawals, oh yeah, be yeah, taken hospital beds. Wow. Yeah. And then you know, they, there's a shortage of that. Yep. They have reserved for Corona patients. <laughs> um, more bad news. Beetlejuice has now officially prematurely prematurely closed. Yeah, I just so. heard that. I blame the Music Man revival. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's not a not a good situation for Broadway currently. I can only ask myself uh, what shows will stay open following this closure. Um, I hope to see Company, which is trying to do everything. The producers are like doing everything they can to keep that show open. But I don't know. I don't know. In the meantime, just uh, stream Broadway.com. Well, speaking of streaming Broadway theatrical shows, not exactly Broadway, but Dave Malloy, angel saint of a human being, also (laughs) shared with us a live recording for two weeks of his uh, seminal music classic, Beardo. Uh, Beardo is weird. Beardo is the retelling of Rasputin (laughs) (laughs) in an indie rock musical style. And it's actually very good. I shared the link with you guys. It's very weird, very strange as Dave Malloy (laughs) 
often loves to be, but yet again, I love it. There's a song about hemophiliacs. There's a song about sticking your hand in a hole. There's a song about whipping each other. It's kind of fun. Yeah, nice. I did some I did some uh, Rasputin research actually earlier in the week and yeah. uh, talking. Uh, just wanted to see like if his death was gravely exaggerated. It's pretty mm-hmm. legit. Yeah, yeah, especially like after they decided to tie him up and throw him in the river, like yeah. and uh, they found his body washed up and he had broken his bonds. Turns out he wasn't dead when they uh, when they threw him in there. Nope. So he's he's kind of a he's kind of a badass. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, the, depending on how you look at it, like do you the mean me- that the Don Bluth classic Anastasia wasn't <laughs> <laughs> That's true. accurate? Yeah, played by Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> it was all help to it was all help to uh, his uh, his loyal bat <laughs> companion Bartok the Magnificent. Come on, <laughs> what what is a Canadian bat doing in Russia? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that movie, but I, I kind of do vacation. love that movie. Does he make a return in the in the musical version of Anastasia? Unfortunately, not. It's more historically accurate. Oh, <laughs> well, in a loose sense, but it's fun. Uh, I just think it's it's quirky fun. Yeah, and it's for free for two weeks. Woo! Yep. Nice. So that's all the theater news I got. Well, yeah, I got I got nothing. Yeah, me neither. Obviously. All right. Our well, final segment. Uh, that just brings us to disc jockeys, where we talk about uh, new music or whatever we've been listening to, new or old. All right. I've got two. Hey, go for it. Okay. So first, uh, in tying in with the Broadway theater theme, there is a new disco album sweeping the streets in the Broadway scene. Uh, it's called Losing My Mind, a Sondheim disco fever dream, where basically they've hmm. taken master genius Broadway lyricist and composer Stephen Sondheim and set his classics to some disco jams. And let me say, it is a train wreck, but it is a glorious train wreck <laughs> they that I will okay. love listening to. They couldn't trademark uh, Losing My Mind, JK? No, but that's I couldn't do that. Even I couldn't do that. Soon. Um, but I, I would highly recommend it. It's, it's so stupid in its concept. It's so wonderful in its execution. Who made this? Um, I think Broadway people. I don't know. I don't know who exactly. It just decided to. Yeah. <laughs> every, every track is a bop, though. <laughs> and um, I would have been talking about Lady Gaga's Chromatica if I had it. <laughs> Ooh. But I don't. Uh, she said 2020 release, but she's doing good for our nation. So good for her, Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She's been really been making headlines. Yeah. And lastly, I have Dan Avedon and the Super Guitar Bros. They're releasing an acoustic album. That's very good. Uh, Dan Avedon, as we all know, Jersey native, uh, Game Grumps co-host, also fabulous singer. He's also a lead singer in Ninja Sex Party and others. Um, he has a great voice. And this is more of like a, an acoustic album with the likes of Scarborough Fair, uh, Kiss Kiss from a Rose, you know, classics like that. He was also mm. our next door neighbor. Yeah. The, like, do you ever hear about the places that he talks about? Yeah. And, the Union Plaza Diner? Yeah, I've been and there. And Menlo Mall? <laughs> yeah, those are places we've been. Hot damn. Wow. That, that, man, that man gets around. Yeah. <laughs> You're only five minutes away from my house, Dan. Yeah. Woo! Well, let's see. I guess, I, yeah, I really don't have much here, but um, there is this one album that just came out. I believe it came out on the 10th, uh, which is yesterday, and it is by Thundercat. Thundercat is great. He's a bassist. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's a Yeah, he's a bassist who's been making the rounds with uh, some artists like Kendrick Lamar, Flying Lotus, uh, just in that circle, uh, George Clinton of Parliament. They've uh, collaborated in the past, and I just I, I love his style. I mean, I haven't really I haven't listened to the full album yet, just a few of the songs on here, but they're just so kind of satirical, and they capture they capture. I mean, I don't know if I have the authority to say this, but I think they perfectly like encapsulate this subset of people that are like nerdy but also kind of cool or smooth and like fresh about it doesn't exist (laughs) well it it does and it includes um possibly no one else but at least thundercat um there's this one song that's been making uh that's been getting some radio play called dragon ball do rag (laughs) and it's just so (laughs) it's just so nerdy like it it keeps on uh 
it's about a guy who Thundercat. It's basically him. He <laughs> is just a geek, and he's trying to impress this girl who you're led to believe is just like you know, like a uh, a model type figure who has no interest in video games or comic books or anime. But that's who Thundercat is. I pulled so, up the official video for Dragon Ball Durak, and uh, this guy looks like a character. Oh yeah, no, but he's he, like if you were to meet him or just like just by going off how he sounds, he's really like just cool and mm. i think people really love being with him he just embraces that side of himself mm. um and he's just like uh <laughs> this song keeps on repeating <laughs> baby girl how do i look in my do rack and it, he just sounds so like kind of insecure like he's trying to change himself for this woman by like getting in fancy cars or uh or you know having a do rag as that's like the style but he can't help inject his his geekiness into it by making it a dragon ball do rag or he's like um i may be covered in cat hair but i still smell good and he says uh you don't have to like my video games or my comic books but baby girl how do i look at my do rag did i tie it right it's just it's so silly and i love his style i feel like there's there's nobody else like him and if there is they're they're definitely not making music as good as him mm. So Thundercat, new album, it is what it is. Uh, I recommend it, even though I've only listened to a few of it. Nice. That's it for me. You got anything, Mark? Uh, I got nothing, but uh, I'm definitely <laughs> going to check out this guy. I'm watching his video right now with no audio, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something else. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the video is good for, for this song. I, I didn't actually watch it yet. It's it, but, uh, it's definitely like shot with just an iPhone. That's what it really looks like here, and maybe like Windows Movie Maker. I bet. Oh man! You could also say <laughs> that Orville Peck is um, having a renaissance now, according to Matt. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he's he's been getting lots of radio play with that uh, summertime song, and I'd heard him before on the radio um, with Queen of the Rodeo, but no, the summertime is is cranking it up a notch. But it's a good one. Hmm. I like it quite a bit. I like his voice. Yep. And uh, yeah, John, you were right to uh, recommend him all this, all this time, all these Thanks, years. Thanks, Sub Pop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's he's on Animal Crossing now, right? Yeah. Very nice. Maybe we'll get his friend code. Yeah, I could dream. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I just that. found out I didn't know that uh, he never showed his face. That's like his yeah. thing. I, you know, I'd seen the album cover, I'd seen him before, but I didn't know he never showed it. Never. You know, even Sia's showed her face. So yep. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, with that, that's that's the end of our program. Thank you, uh, audience, for tuning in. And now I, I guess we should tell them where they could find us. Do we have to? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not letting anyone into my home. <laughs> uh, you can find me, Jonathan Gwikowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drink and Read JK on Twitter, or follow my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, currently watching Revolutionary Girl Utuna. Uh, you can find me over on uh, Instagram, over at MZBro Jr., or over on Twitter at Man Who Wears Hats. Uh, you can find me at Med School. I'm currently uh, in, the, in my first year of a seven year uh, uh, MD program. Because I, I found out that Amazon is restricting uh, N95 mask purchases to healthcare workers. And, you know, I need to get my scalping on. So I'm, oh, I'm going to become no. a healthcare worker. Just you're, got you're, six more years to go. You're a virus profiteer now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, you know what else you shouldn't do don't say my boy Leroy <laughs> <laughs> well I think one thing is obviously worse than the other yeah <laughs> the Leroy thing is really bad <laughs> <laughs> damn it alright bye bye see ya Thank you for joining us for another installment of Nightcaps at the Theater. Special thanks to the Free Music Archive for providing the track Four Way by William Ross Chernoff's Nomads, an edited version of which you're hearing now.
We at Nightcap sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode. If that's the case, or even if it's not, please remember to rate our show on iTunes and leave a review. It really means a lot. Good night, and binge responsibly.